guess I'll put the radio on. Hey, come in. I want you to converse with me. I also know sign language. I have a complimentary sandwich. It's peanut butter. I like to call out street names. I still keep the antennae under my wing. Yeah, Brace, I do pips. You can read with your nose, too. There's two radio C's. Turn the bloody radio down. I'm trying to watch telly. The Interrogators. Right, I'm going to ask you for the last time. Where's the money? I don't know. Yeah, right. Well, that's that then. What do you mean? Ask him again. I can't do that. I've just said I was asking him for the last time. Then hit him. What? No. Why? Wasn't that what you were alluding to when you said you were asking him for the last time? No. I was just sick of asking him the same question. So you're not going to hit him? God, no. Why would I do that? I barely know him. Because that's how it works. He tells us or we hit him. Well, it's his decision whether he tells us or not. How can I hit him for making a choice? It's not his choice. We're interrogators. Demand makers. We're demanding the information, do you see? Oh, I see. Oh, it's an escalation of the request process. Yes. Now do it to him. Okay. Okay, right. Uh, listen up, please. Sorry, what was your name? Jeff. Right. Well, listen, Jeff. We demand you tell us where the money is. You see? Different scenario. More of a demand. I can't tell you. Bugger. Nope. Didn't work, you see? He still steadfastly wants to hold on to the information. Well, hit him then. There you go again with the hitting thing. You're obsessed. Jeez. Let's just go around hitting people who exercise their free will, shall we? How would you like it? Tell us your middle name. What? Come on, tell us your middle name. I know you're embarrassed about it. Tell us, or I'll hit you. You wouldn't. Yes, I will. I'll hit you so hard, it will hurt. And it'll leave a mark. Well, don't. I will. Here I go. I'm going to do it. One. No. Two. Or oh, don't. Three. All right, it's Eugene. Eugene? Gee, I'm sorry. But there oh. you see, don't you? You see how that felt just now? Yeah, it was horrible. Awful. I didn't realise. It's really threatening. Yes, exactly. I felt so powerless. You're right. What you've just witnessed wasn't real. But it could have been. Derek Smalls is an ex-interrogator who has started a rehabilitation program for people who are ready to get out of the industry. He describes it as hard work, often emotional, but something that has become his passion. Yeah, well, my dad was an interrogator and his dad before him, my wife got into it, and the kids, of course. You know, it's hard when, when it's all you've ever known. It was a family business. But then one day, all that changed. I was interrogating this bloke, see, trying to get some information out of him, roughing him up a bit, you know, threatening to let his tyres down, that sort of thing. I wasn't getting anywhere. Dinner was waiting for me at home. My favourite show was about to start. I thought, bugger this. This is all wrong. There has to be an easier way. So I says to this guy, look, tell me what I want to know and I'll do your ironing for you. Well, that didn't work because he liked a crumpled look. So I said, tell you what, tell me and I'll do a little dance. Well, that appealed to him, see. He quite liked that. Then I told him some jokes, I did some juggling, and before you know it, he told me everything I wanted to know, and a few things I didn't. For Derek Smalls, this was the beginning of a new career. Showing interrogators a little niceness goes a long way. Yeah, well, some of the boys done some real bad things. They'd come into your house, change the TV channel, like even if you were watching something, read your paper, draw glasses on people's faces, and for what? A bit of information they aren't going to give you anyway. But turning your back on that stuff isn't easy. It becomes part of you. It creeps into your daily life, like Miko here. He asked somebody for the time, and they wouldn't tell him. So what did you do, Mika? I called them a name. Called them a name. Now that's not nice. That's not friendly. 
What could you have done, Nico? Oh, could have told them a joke. That's right, mate. Tell them a little joke. Exactly. Mm. Two guys walk into a bar. Hey, Nico? Mm. Two guys walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, funny. That's funny. The punchline, Nico. Don't forget the punchline. Uh. Hey, love. Hey, two guys walk into a bar. Oh, did they? It's a joke. How is it? Uh, turn the radio on. When the idea of a radio play was first pitched to the Seaside Theatre Group, they asked, is it relevant? Before returning to their cutting-edge, state-funded, groundbreaking, virtual, collaborative, pop-up, cloud-based awareness project, focusing on disadvantage and loss of identity amongst themselves. So a breakaway guerrilla theatre group formed, going deep underground to create Sue and the Sea Cow, with nothing but a pen and a flashlight. In the last episode, we discovered that general managers were once small and called Lucius. Lucius! And in episode 7, we learn why Sue is so worried about her friend. I bet that awful general manager will try to put her in one of his delicious sea cow burgers. And about boating etiquette for the time pause. Sue and the Sea Cow, a radio play produced with zero metadata analysis or public consultation. Consumer beware. Celebrating Seaside. Heading for the Strip? Then come see Warrigal and Wayne's Pie Emporium. They make hot pies, sausage rolls, sticky buns, white bread and savoury pasties. Warrigal and Wayne's Emporium on the Strip. Open Fridays, Tuesdays and every other Saturday morning. Australian Kids Community Announcement. That's right. Viking funerals for that firm, hairy touch only a Viking can provide. Bob's Knickknacks 95 the Esplanade Seaside. When you're looking for just the very thing, Bob's got it. Whether it's a Watsit or a thingy, Bob's got it. Bob's Knickknacks when you don't know what you're looking for. 95 the Esplanade Seaside or call 5095 43216 or 0405676891 or PO Box 5351786 Seaside 4023 or email knickknackbob at wahoo.com. Bob's Knickknacks, Knickknacks just got Bobby in. You're listening to 4 C, the sound of seaside. A C for you, a C for me, and a C for... You seem to have an extra C there. Shut up. Did you get it down the oppie? Shut up, Marvin. I just couldn't help but notice we suddenly have an extra C in our call sign. Do they ever sail down at Vinnie's? The sound of seaside, a C for you, a C for me. You've done that bit. You're putting me off. Sorry, mate, I didn't realise talking was so difficult. This is the sound of seaside. Yeah, I think you've well and truly established that. Look, do you want to do it? No, it's much more fun watching you stuff it up. Yeah, live on air. On air with a transmitter from Jaker. We're probably only broadcasting to the woman next door. Probably easier to yell, actually. Hey, Cheryl, you want to hear a song? What's that? You want to hear Roger Whittaker? All right, I'll see if we've got it. We got a request. Oh, my God, our first request. What song is it? Uh, it's called You'll Believe Anything. You'll Believe Anything. No, it's not here. We've only got the best of. What album's it on? Uh, Mr. Gullible, I think. Damn, we don't have it. Shame. Hey, Cheryl, is there anything else you want to hear? Righto. Uh, she'd like to hear I'm a Big Dumbass by the Dumbasses. We don't have that either. I've never even heard of them. Is it punk? Yeah, yeah, had a lot of singles around... Um, when were you born? 85. Yeah, yeah, around then. Idiot Man, heard of that one? No. I'm a Big Idiot? No. Brain Cell for Hire? No. Gumby on the Mic? Oh, yeah, I do know that one, actually. Do you? Yeah, I think the B-side was Marvin's A Big Toss Bag. Oh, yeah. From the album I Took a Chance at the Dance and Then I Wet My Pants. 
Shut Up Montague. Yeah, great album, that one. And now a radio play about two people who hate each other very much. Or do they? They do. Or do they? They do. Hello, Lee. Thanks for meeting me. I would have been here sooner, but I had to do a promo for a big company. My voice has become very popular. I had no idea talking like a computer all the time would pay off so well. That's because it was my idea. I invented the movement to talk and dress like this. It was not you, Karen, or should I say, Doris. I looked up your school photo online. Your name is Doris. Don't be petty. I can't help it if people like me more. Get over yourself, Lee. Or should I say, Winston. My name is Lee. Winston was my middle name. Not according to your brother, Jeff. Lee Jeff. What was that? Nothing. Did you just censor yourself? No. Yes, you did. Your brother Jeff was right. He told me you had a microchip inserted in your mouth. A microchip that bleeps when you swear. So what? It just proves how far I am willing to go to be the best. That's pathetic. Lee, you need to stop this. People just prefer my voice. When they want to learn to speak, or do mono, they come to my lessons, not yours. Bleep you, Karen. Otomono was my saying. I came up with it. No, you didn't. Jeff did. Bleep him. I don't need to be lectured by that bleeping bleep bleep. Ow. It burns. It burns. Oh, did you burn your mouth? Jeff said, when you swear too much, the microchip heats up and burns your lip. Ow. It hurts. It hurts. Did you say, it hurts? Yep. My bleeping mouth hurts. Ow. Oh no, you burnt your mouth so bad you can't speak properly, and I was going to offer you a job, a job in Milan, for the catwalk, as an MC for all their shows, they wanted to give you a five-figure salary. Yes, I do, Thith. Yeah, Brice. Sorry, what did you say? Yeah, Brice. I do, Pips. What are you saying? You'll do this. Yes, yes. But it starts today, and you can't speak well. Brice, I do, Pips. I am sorry, Lee. Maybe something else will come up. Ha ha. Or maybe not. I will have to give the job to your brother, Jeff. Bleep you. I hate you. Goodbye. Bleep you, Karen. Suck eggs. Ouch. In Burnge. Ronnie Keith with you. We're broadcasting uh, with a, a 2.3 kilometre radius from the Strip to the Lawton Ferry. There's a great spot near the pool you can park. Sit back and listen to old Ron hit you with the trends. You know, I do play all the current music from, uh, you know, musical groups like the Tawanton Sisters, the uh, Clontaff Derby Gang, Don Ballantyne, the Travelling Troubadour, all the favourites down here on the Strip. You can expect a lot more of those, mate. Along with the Tide Reports, the occasional spot of dead air, which I don't mind. I can slip out and have a cig. And great radio adverts like these. How do you think that went, Bruce? Come with us now to Seaside for episode 7 of Sue and the Sea Cow. Walter and the general manager are now leaving the docks having just learned a giant sea cow may be responsible for sinking the squid boat, Neptune's mum. My car and tailored suit are all covered in squid cuts. I don't know why you had to insist on taking these buckets of squid tentacles from those girls. Because they're mine. Shut up, Walter. Listen to this cassette tape my mother left me before I had her committed. Hello, son. I have something very important to tell you. 
Nine months before you were born, your uncle and I were having cocktails. Fast forward this bit. Uh, Lucius, uh, you just need to leave me alone. Uh, I'm trying to make you a tape. Lucius? Now shut up. Oh, I love tapes. Are you going to put the Watson sisters on it? And, and Sydney Gold, he's ace. Oh, yes, off you go. Maybe you'll find the Blue Bottle Aquarium and fall in it. Haha, <laughs> Mum. Great joke. But you did fall in the Blue Bottle Aquarium. That's why you can't wear a singlet. I don't wear a singlet because it's common. In 1768, your great-great-great-grandfather was part of the party that hunted the last of the great floating meat trays. The Stella's Sea Cow. A giant sea cow. What's the difference between a sea cow and a giant sea cow? About 1,215 sea cow patties. A whisker from the giant sea cow was kept in the family. Your Uncle Pete used the whiskers' DNA to bring the giant sea cow back from extinction. But when your uncle did the experiment, he was eating calamari and dropped a bit in the test tube. The creature was nine meters long, three meters wide, and had a face of tentacles where whiskers should have been. It was disgusting to look at. We kept it in a top-secret enclosure so no one would know. The day after you were born, you were very farty. So your uncle and I took you to see the creature, hoping it would scare the wind out of you. When we arrived, one of the cheap Australian workmen we had employed was cleaning the enclosure's gate. The silly fool slipped, fell into the water and was sucked up by the monster's tentacles. My goodness! The creature escaped and is now cruising the ocean somewhere. Did you hear that, Walter? Out there is a beast that could make me a fortune. All we have to do is bring in this monster and find a sea cow to breed with it. Then I will have super fat sea cows to make my burgers cheaper. But you can't catch a wild sea cow. It's illegal, even for you. We can catch one if you don't tell anyone. And you won't tell anyone, will you, Walter? Seaside Radio is produced by Alex Oliver and Chris Holland with the assistance of Community Station 4EB. You've been listening to Seaside, home of the famous Irukangi Sea Cow Burger, made with 100% real sea cow and now served with delicious squid chips. Try one today. And Liz, you have literally forgotten how to speak. Oh, Matt, your friend that I can't see. Excuse me. You sound like a vending machine. Thank you. Romeo, oh Romeo, what is your immediate location? Yep, my bleeping mouth hurts. The loss of a loved one can be a traumatic experience. Believe you, I hate you. Is your mother an alcoholic? Is your dad in the model train club? Hey, hey, what are you doing? I was listening to this.